The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Not one time, not two times, not three times, but every time. Every time I turn around, he's blessing me. That's because he's always there. God is always there. Wherever you are, God is. And whatever you need, God has. And God knows the things you have need of even before you ask. And this is why we can ask with faith and confidence, knowing that when we ask, we've already received by faith. Glory to God. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a part of this worship service. And we worship the Lord with all of our hearts. We give him the praise that's due to his name. For there's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. None other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to read to you from Acts of the Apostle, chapter 2. And for some people, they refer to that book as Acts of the Holy Spirit. And to others, they may refer to that book as the Manifestations of Resurrection. But Acts, chapter 2 and I want to read to you, beginning at verse 14. This is on the day of Pentecost, that notorious day, when God poured out his spirit upon the 120, gathered there in prayer in the upper room. And when God poured out his spirit, he gave birth to the church of God. And here in chapter 2, verse 14, I want to begin reading at the beginning of Peter's sermon. That's right, Peter preached a sermon under the anointing of the Holy Ghost on that famous day. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant and on my maid servants will I pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Please notice 
on the birthday of the church, the very inception of the church was brought forth prophetically. So Peter stood and he preached. These are not drunken as you suppose. 120 praise and worship God, speaking in other tongues. Peter says, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. But this is a manifestation of what the prophet Joel had prophesied. In Joel chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, and Joel had prophesied that in the last days that God will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And so the birth of the church, it was birthed into the prophetic. The prophetic. Now for the last several weeks, I've been talking to you about the prophetic. I spoke to you about the book of prophecy, which is the word of God. Then we talked about prophetic living. And then we last talked about prophetic vision. And today I want to talk about the prophetic generation. So when God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost, Peter says this is a fulfillment of what Joel the prophet had prophesied. He prophesied that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservant and my menservant, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. Beloved, there are three levels of prophecy. There is the spirit of prophecy, which we see here on the day of Pentecost. There's also the gift of prophecy. And then there's the office of the prophet. Now, during the last days, God promised to raise up a generation of sons and daughters. That's you and that's me, beloved. We are the sons and the daughters that God referred to in this prophecy. He would raise up a generation of sons and daughters. And even men serving and maid servants. In other words, it doesn't matter what your state in life is. It doesn't matter what your status in society is. Whether you're bond or free, God says, I'm going to use you to prophesy. We live in a day and a time right now where people are having dreams, they're seeing visions, and that's all because of the prophetic. It's all because of God's promise that he will pour out his spirit upon us. And in those days, we shall prophesy. We prophesy by the way we live. We prophesy by the things we hear and we see in the spirit, in the kingdom of God. God has called his people to live prophetically from the very beginning of the church. Then all of a sudden, after the apostles went off the scene, I need you to listen to me very carefully. After the apostles went off the scene, the church fell into the dark ages. I want to say it again, the church fell into the dark ages. But the church was restored beginning in the year of 1517. In fact, it was on October 31st where this German monk, 
this German priest by the name of Martin Luther. He nailed to the door of the church 95 theses. And he nailed to the church a revelation that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, neither by how much money we have. And Martin Luther began a reformation of a church that had fallen, a church that had went silent, a church that had slipped into darkness. He began a revolution, a reformation, a restoration. And God has been little by little restoring the church since the 16th century. There have been many movements in the church since Martin Luther, at least 10, 11 different movements. But there have been five major movements. And the first major movement was the Protestant movement. Then after the Protestant movement, and all these movements went about 100 years or more. Then after the Protestant movement, there was a holiness movement. See, God was restoring all that back to the church. Then after the holiness movement, there was a Pentecostal movement. Then after the Pentecostal movement, there was a charismatic movement. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Then after the charismatic movement, there was a prophetic movement. Thank God for the prophetic. And now we're living in an apostolic movement. But there is no apostolic movement without the prophetic. I'm talking about the prophetic generation. There's a generation of people that God has raised up that's going to live by the prophetic. They're going to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. These people are going to dream dreams. They're going to see visions. They're going to live by listening. They're going to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to them. And they're going to take that word and be a blessing to somebody else to encourage them. Then there's also a generation and a movement that's yet to come. And that's the saints movement. The saints movement will be characterized by those who are part of the Omega generation. Who is the Omega generation? Those are the people that will be alive and well here on earth who are serving the Lord when Jesus returns back to earth. There are some people that's not going to taste a physical death. They're going to be caught up, raptured, translated, and they're going to meet the Lord in the air. That's the Omega generation. So I'm not talking about Generation X or Generation Y. I'm not even talking about my generation. I'm not talking about a baby boomer. I am talking about the Omega generation. And we're on the run up to the Omega generation right now. But we will hasten the Omega generation by understanding that we are here and now the prophetic generation. Somebody said, what is the prophetic? Well, it means prophesy. You got to prophesy to yourself. You got to be willing to prophesy to somebody else. See, prophesying is to speak the mind of God. That's all it is. You're speaking the mind of God under the inspiration of the spirit. How many hear what I'm saying? That's all the prophetic is. And Paul instructed the church at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he instructed them about being the prophetic generation. 
He says that to prophesy is to speak to men. That's what it is. It's to speak to others edification and exhortation and comfort. Then he went on in that same passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. He said, for we all may prophesy. Why? Because we're all part of the prophetic generation. We all may prophesy that we may learn. We may prophesy one by one that we may learn and that we may be encouraged. In other words, that we may be comforted. Glory to God. So the prophetic generation, who are the prophetic generation? I don't know about you, but I am a part of the prophetic generation. And God wants every one of you to be part of the prophetic generation. Who is the prophetic generation? The prophetic generation are those who are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again. The prophetic generation are those who are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost just like we saw Peter and those who were among the 120 on the day of Pentecost. Not only were they saved, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. In Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter went on to preach that behold, it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Peter was explaining to them, these are not drunken as you suppose, but these people are filled with the Holy Ghost and they're prophesying as Joel had prophesied they would do. So these are not drunk people, but this is a manifestation that these days have come. Behold, the days shall come that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the prophetic generation are first those that are truly saved but it's also those who've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said to his disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. And the promise of the Father was the Holy Ghost. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus was speaking about the disciples, those who believe. He was speaking about them being filled with the Holy Ghost. He says, wait on it, wait on it. Don't leave the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And the fulfillment of that was made on the day of Pentecost. What does it mean to be endued with power? God wants his people not only saved, but endued with power. To be endued with power is to be clothed with power. It is to be enveloped with power. We are powerful people. If you're saved and you feel the Holy Ghost, you have power. So the prophetic generation of those who are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus taught his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 13. He says, how be it? When the spirit of truth has come, he shall lead you. He shall guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. In other words, he shall not speak on his own authority, but he shall speak whatsoever he hear. 
And he will clear it unto you, and he will show you things to come. In other words, the Holy Ghost will tell you things to come. That's the prophetic, beloved. That's the prophetic. Please notice how it's worked. The same way the Holy Ghost is listening to the Father, we got to be listening to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is listening to the Father, and we must be listening to the Spirit. We must live by listening. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? And to come to the realization of what God is saying to you, that is being part of the prophetic generation. Glory to God. What is the purpose of this prophetic generation? What is your purpose? What is my purpose? I'm reminded right now that in Revelation chapter 19, around verse 10, here John had a vision of Jesus Christ And in this vision, or in this episode of the vision, because there's many different scenes in this vision, an angel comes and appears to John. And John recognizes the angel, and immediately John falls down and begins to worship the angel. And the angel says, please, see that you do not that. He says, please, don't do that. For I am a fellow servant the same way you are. And I am of your brothers who share the testimony of Jesus. He went on to say, the angel went on to say to John, worship God. Worship God. Don't worship a man. Don't worship an angel. But worship God. And when you worship God, the angel went on to say, worship God. Why? For the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That's our purpose. What is our purpose? The true purpose of the prophetic generation is to bear testimony. You bear testimony to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We're here to bear witness to the truth about Jesus. And that's being prophetic. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the question is, another question is, as the prophetic generation, if that's our purpose, to bear testimony to the person and work of Jesus, to bear witness to the truth, if that's our purpose in life, then how do we operate in that? And this is where a lot of us get stuck. And this is why training is so important. Getting people activated in the prophetic. Even though you say to feel the Holy Ghost, you have to be taught and trained and activate it into the prophetic. So how does this operate? Well, I've been telling you for the last several weeks how it operates. It operates according to a spirit of faith. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul said to the Corinthians, Since we then have the same spirit of faith, According as it, is, as it is written, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and we speak. That is the spirit of faith. And the spirit of faith is what undergirds us with the spirit of prophecy. We have to prophesy by faith and not by sight. The spirit of prophecy. I have believed, therefore I speak. What are you believing right now? 
What are you believing about yourself, your life, your relationships, your family, your marriage? What are you believing about your needs that haven't been manifestly met? What are you believing? When you believe, you speak it. That's the spirit of prophecy. That's being part of the prophetic generation. In the prophetic generation, we have to listen. Let me say it again. We have to live by listening. We listen prophetically and we act apostolically. Let me break that down. We listen prophetically. We dream dreams. We see visions. We hear what the Spirit is saying to us because the Father said it to the Spirit. So we listen prophetically, but we act apostolically. In other words, when you really believe, when you believe you've heard from God, when you believe that God said, then you act on it with the confidence as one sent by God. And that's what an apostle is. He's one who is sent by God. So we listen prophetically. But we act apostolically. What does that mean? That means you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to believe it. You got to say it. Then you act as though it is so. In other words, you got to see the answer. You got to believe the answer that God gives you. Then you got to say it with your own mouth, and that's the prophetic. You're speaking it. Sometimes you're speaking to others. Sometimes you're speaking to yourself. Sometimes you're speaking to your circumstances. You got to say it. There's power in words. You say it, then you act as though it is so. Let me break it down again. We then have in that same spirit of faith. Therefore, I have believed. And therefore, I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. We say it. Hmm? We see it first. We believe it. We say it. We act as though it's so. Let me say that again. See it. If you can't see it, how can you believe it? If you can't see it by faith, how can you believe it? You see it. See yourself heal. See yourself doing well. See yourself COVID-19 virus free. See yourself ascending and not descending. See yourself going up and not down. See yourself doing well. That's what it means to prosper. It means to do well. You got to first see it. And if you see it, then believe it. What is the evidence that you believe it? Because you're going to say it now. You're going to say it and even declare it to somebody else because they need the same thing you need. They need their body touched. They need their finances healed. They need an answer to a problem in their life. So you see it. You believe it. Then you say it. Then you act as though it's so. Glory to God. It's the spirit of faith. Somebody may say, well, I, I don't have the faith to be a prophet. Well, remember now, the three levels of prophecy is the spirit of prophecy. 
Hmm? There's the gift of prophecy. There's the office of prophecy, of the prophet. God is not calling us all to be prophets. But God is calling us all to have a spirit of prophecy. And to have a spirit of family, it does take faith, beloved, but never think you don't have the faith. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul told the Roman Christians, for God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have faith. Don't let nobody talk you out of it. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. You have faith. Then he went on in that same passage, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, I believe. Paul says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. The proportion of what faith? The proportion of whose faith? You prophesy according to the proportion of the measure of faith God has given you. If God has gave every man the measure of faith, you need to operate in that measure of faith. Whether you estimate that measure of faith to be great or small, you can still live in the prophetic generation and still have success in God in the prophetic generation because you're using what God gave you. God knew what you would need when and when you would need it. So never look at another man's faith and compare your faith to somebody else. Just use the faith you got. You don't need a whole lot. Just use the little that you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. And you prophesy according to that proportion of faith. If you don't have a lot of word in you, you're not going to be able to prophesy a lot of word. But prophesy that word you do have in you. Live by that word you do have in you. But prophesy according to the proportion of faith that you have. You don't need to try to prophesy like some great prophet or prophetess in the Lord. Just prophesy according to what God has given you. And that's when God receives the glory. Job 22, verse 28 tells us, And it shall come to pass that you shall also decree a thing. This is to every one of you. It shall come to pass that you also shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. That characterized the prophetic generation. So what was Job saying? Or what was the word saying in Job? It says it's going to come to pass, and I believe that time is now because we live in a prophetic generation. The time has come that when we will also declare a thing, we will decree a thing, we will decide a thing, and it shall be established. So when Job, the book of Job says, and you also should decree a thing and it shall be established, what was Job talking about? Job was talking about when you have a dream, when you see a vision, when you have a word from God, you make a decision. You decide that that dream is so, that vision is so, that word is so. You decide right then and there and you say it. And the book says, it shall be established. In other words, it shall come to pass. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But God's word will never pass away. God 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.